Welcome to Episodes of Television. I'm your host, Donald. I'm starting Season 8, Still Game, with the episodes Fly Fishing, Grim Up North, and Balls Up today. Um... So we are in October, and that means the spooky season is upon us, and I covered, I think it was the 2nd October after I started. After I started the podcast, um, I covered Ed, Ed, and Eddie's Halloween special, and I've also covered Hubie Halloween and Kenan and Kel's um, Two Heads Are Better Than None, and I've had a lot of fun doing those kind of spooky, fun uh, movies, TV specials, you know, whatever you want to call them. And I think I'm going to continue it. I think I'm going to continue it this year, but with a... With a different type of movie. It's still got some humor in it. And a lot of people I've talked to really seem to enjoy this movie. Um... I would absolutely love to find someone to cover this with, but nobody has interest on being on the podcast, so it I'll just have to see how it plays out. Because what I really want is someone who's never seen the movie before to watch it for the first time. And then just be on the podcast asking me, what the hell did I just watch? Um, granted, I have not reached out to anybody, but I, I can't think of anybody to reach out to. I had a couple people in mind, but... I don't think they would be for it and I don't I'm not the kind of guy that I'm not going to pressure somebody into something they don't want to do. But that's just kind of rattling around in the old noggin. Now that I sit here and think about it, there is somebody I could reach out to. However, I I have not spoke to them in in some time. And I don't know what this person's schedule is like. So there's a very good possibility that that this person would not be available. But I think the movie is just 
I, I think this person would enjoy the movie. I might... I might think about it for a few days. Think and uh, see if I can get some people I can ask. And uh, see if I can get someone else on. Hopefully by then I'll have my tables back. I recently really got into Marvel Legendary and I bought a bunch of expansions and I'm putting all the cards in sleeves to help protect them. And I have cards everywhere on my tables. So hopefully I can get that taken care of in the very near future. I don't think I have anything else that I need to put out. I think I'm just going to go ahead and get this started with the episode Fly Fishing. Jack, Victor, and Winston are sitting in the booth at the Klansman. They're talking, and there needs to be some work done on Winston's, uh, Winston's apartment building, and he needs a place to stay for a few weeks. Victor and Jack both tell him no. And everyone in there, Bobby says, does anybody want a drink? And nobody wants a drink unless somebody else is paying for it. And he says, this is not a care home. This is a business. This is a bar. And then everyone starts giving him shit. You know, if I want a beer, I'll, I'll ring the bell. Ding, ding, nurse, bring me a beer. At, at Naveed's shop, Naveed's bringing in stuff from the cash and carry, and Isa surprises him. He's, or she's asking him if he's got anything for her. No. Oh, you got it hidden on the, on, you got it hidden in the van. Go take a look. She goes out there. She goes, there's, there's just tea bags and candy and toilet paper. He goes, oh, I know what this is about. Your birthday's coming up. 72. And she desperately needs to know if Naveed is throwing her a surprise party. So we have a flashback. Naveed organized her 65th birthday party. And when she came in and everyone yells surprise, she's not surprised at all like she knows everybody that was going to be there back at the pub Shug 
just out of nowhere, says, uh, he says the make, model, and engine of a vehicle, and then everyone hears the engine. This guy comes in, well, Bobby knows who it is. It's a guy named Derek Fry. They used to go to school. And he opened up a, like a high-end pub, a higher-end restaurant. Think of like, um, think of like a really successful, like, higher-end family restaurant that also serves alcohol. I, th I think that place serves alcohol. I don't remember. But uh, Bobby tells them they charge eight and a half quid for a burger. And some of the guys look at each other like, wait, what? That's insane. So this Derek Fry guy, Bobby says whenever he gets a new vehicle, he has to show it off and comes by and rubs, rubs it in Bobby's face. And, uh, when this Derek Fry guy comes in, somebody's still going on about the nursing home thing, and, and that embarrasses Bobby. Well, embarrasses him more. And, uh, this, this guy that came in, he said, oh, it's like the Walking Dead in here. Uh, Derek gets a call, and then he goes out to his car, and Bobby runs out and asks if he can pick his brain. Winston sees Eric in Navid's shop, and Eric flat out tells him no. There's not enough room to even swing a cat in his apartment. And he said that Winston did that. that he actually swung a cat in Eric's apartment. Um, Winston had grabbed a happy birthday card for Isa, and Isa says, oh, uh, happy birthday card, that wouldn't be for me, would it? And he goes, yeah, it is for you. You know what? You can fill it out and put something nice in there for yourself, because I'm done with nice. We have another flashback. Winston organized a surprise party for her. He says, okay, you know, when she comes in, everybody says, happy birthday, Isa. So there's Eric, happy birthday, Isa. Tom, happy birthday, Isa. Then there's Isa, happy birthday, Isa. Jang and Victor are walking up to the Klansman, and Tom comes out, and... He's acting semi-hysterical. He goes, it's, it's all changed and... There, there's people in there I don't know. And, and Bobby's acting different. And they get him to calm down. And... Well, enough to talk coherently. And then... And then 
Tom says something and wanders off and Jack and Victor go in. And they see, you know, it's set up differently. There's tablecloths, there's people in there eating, and then there's Bobby. He says, well, look who it is. Jack and Victor, what can I get you? And he tells them that they serve uh, food, they don't do pints. Uh, they could get a bottle of, of alcohol. Like a, like a bottle of beer. And they said, no, we want pints. We don't do pints. And then he, he tells them about the food, but we want pies. We don't do pies. Or, well, we do have a pie. It's, it's eat them and what was it? It's eat them and something and rosemary. And it did not sound good at all. And Jack and Victor, they have both raised their voice to Bobby. And, and the people eating, they just look up at him like, what the hell's going on? And they argue over no pints, no pies. And then he says, here's, here's two bottles. You can take them and leave. You know, no hard feelings. And then he says, that's nine quid. So now they're mad that he's charging nine quid for two bottles of beer. Peggy goes into Naveed's and Naveed just looks at her and says, flump. He says, she says, who are you calling a flump? And Naveed says, no, I'm asking, do you want a flump? And he hands her a piece of candy and she tries it and she goes, this does not taste good. And he said, well, sitting there for three years with the lid off. And he's trying to get her to buy all these so he can put new candy out. Now, this is just me talking. After they went, they're like, they got kind of stale or... You know, just however this snack is affected, I would have tossed them roughly three years ago. Uh, but Peggy goes in there, and she wants party hats. And when Navi turns around, she takes her candy treat snack thingy that he gave her, and she puts it back in the bowl with the others. And Isa's hiding behind a shelf and peeking over and wondering, oh, why is she buying party hats? I got a birthday coming up. Now we see Tom and Winston walking, and Tom says he's got room for Winston. For 35 quid a night. Jack and Victor meet up with Tom and Winston. They're outside of a bar. They're, they're talking about going in, and this door, it's wooden, like like the front, like the outer part of it is wood, and then the inner part is glass. And this guy, like, he's, 
you can put it together that he was thrown through the window. And he gets up, kind of cleans himself off a little bit, and goes right back in the in the bar. And the and three of them leave, and Winston says. He he says something to try to get him to go back, but they're not turning around. We see someone drilling through a door, and when it opens, Shug is breaking into the apartment above the Glansman, so Winston has a place to stay. It says, you know, I'll, I'll set you up with electricity, I'll set you up with a little heater, and Winston's like, that's magic, and he starts kind of dancing around. He goes, no, 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 you want to get busted? Soft feet from now on. Well, soft foot. Isa has Jack and Victor over for dinner. Um, she's cooked for them. And then she starts telling them about this uh, medieval era movie she saw where the knight uh, brought some news to the queen that she was waiting on about Peggy, McAl- about Peggy McAlpine. And they just look at each other. The queen in the movie was waiting on news about Peggy McAlpine. No, I need to know about Peggy McAlpine. So she is trying to get it out of them. Who is throwing her a surprise party? Victor says, we've all tried it. We've been found out. Not doing it. And Jack says, Yeah, there's no reason for us to. And at one point, she shuts the lights off in the apartment and takes a little lamp and shines it right in Victor's face. And he goes, What's with the Stasi pish? And Jack and Victor. Uh, have left. Kind of getting ahead of myself. Just barely, though. In the apartment where Winston's going to crash, Tom finds a stuffed bird. I think this was supposed to be a dead bird, but you can tell it's obviously stuffed. And Jack and Victor are walking in front of the Klansman, and apparently Isa slapped Jack. And Winston sees them and waves them up. They get up there. And. uh, They ask what happened to Jack. I think it was Tom asked him. And he said oh we went to Isis for a steak pie and a beating. And Victor says well. Her birthday's coming up and she thinks someone's. You know. Organizing a party for are any of you? No. Oh, good. You're safe. Just stay out of her road then. They sit down. They open a can of beer and they talk about how the pub is the place to be. Just the kind of atmosphere, people you know. Um. You can go there and unwind. 
that sort of thing. So when Shug hears the shutter go down and Bobby step away from the building, he informs him that Bobby has left. And Winston tells Shug commence Operation Eskimo. So Shug drills through the floor and he's got fishing line on an umbrella handle and they're using that to fish up bottles of booze from the bar. I'm guessing this is the next day. Naveed gives Isa chocolates for her birthday and I wasn't really paying attention, but it sounded like Naveed said that Mina ate all the good ones. And Isa sees Peggy walking with a large cake box, and she has to know what's the name on the cake. And Naveed says, oh, it's driving you crazy, isn't it? Not knowing what name's on the cake. She goes, I don't need to know. And he goes, oh. You're a good actor. You're sitting there like red rum with sweat dripping down the crack of your arse. He steps away from her. He goes, what is the name on the cake? And he turns around and boom, she's gone. Jack and Victor come back to the apartment where... Winston is staying, and it's a complete mess. Uh, there's other people in there. They're they're all. This is a really bad episode for the guys because they are all like they look wasted in every scene from here on out. Um, Winston's got his underwear hanging up, drying. There's a second fishing hole where they go down where they fish for bags of crisps. We see Peggy. She is at the community center and she is setting up for a young boy's birthday party. And Isa comes in and she goes, I need to see that cake. And Peggy says, No, you're sick. And they get into this argument. I need to see the cake. No. Show me the cake. No. I have to see the cake. No, you don't. And Peggy has the cake. Isa rips it out of her hands and drops the the cake box and reads it. Happy birthday, Andrew. So Peggy invites Isa for Sherry, knowing knowing it's her birthday. Above the Klansman, Shug is keeping an eye down at Bobby, and he goes down into the cellar. So Tom starts fishing. He wants to know. He wants to know if everybody would like tequila. And Eric says, "No, tequila makes you do crazy things." So he says, "Okay, Bacardi, it is."
Okay, those two scenes are reversed. We see fishing for the Bacardi, and then the, and then Peggy inviting Isa for Sherry, according to my notes. Then we go back to the apartment, and Tom suggests fishing for malt. Bobby's prized McCrennan. Um, he had gotten this as some kind of an award, and he was saving it for a special occasion. And Victor says that he asked Bobby when he's gonna when he was gonna open it, and he said, "Victor claims Bobby said I'm saving it for a special occasion, like the night you die." Shug goes fishing for it. And after he snags it, Victor, le- he pats him on the back and then leans on him. So the bottle starts swinging. And then, they, you know, Victor's pulling on Shug and leaning on him. And, you know, all, all of this is going on. And the bottle swinging back and forth. And eventually hits Bobby in the face. And then after Bobby... F- after it hits Bobby in the face and Bobby falls, you see the the line holding it all come down and then the bottle smashes. And the guys rush down the steps and they see Peggy and Isa and, and Isa says, well, what's wrong? We think we killed Bobby. So they all run in there and Isa's like, Bobby, Bobby, son. And he stands up and says, Isa, you're early. The Klansman is set up with birthday decorations and little sandwich things. And, you know, he organized a surprise party for Isa. And he says, are you surprised? And she says, yeah, you gave me a belter. He smiles and he's missing a tooth. And then everyone sings happy birthday. Well, everyone singing happy birthday wakes Winston up. And he goes to get his underwear that's been hanging out drying. And he falls in the fishing hole. And everyone sees his his one leg dangling. We got some credits. And then Mick is in the pub talking to Bobby. You know, hey, you know, you did the impossible. You gave Isa a surprise party. And he says, and you lost a tooth. What dentist did you go to? Same one you went to. And he lets out this big cheesy smile. And he's got this one big tooth. And that's the end of fly fishing. This episode is called... Grim up north. I have very mixed feelings about this episode. Um, parts of it, I was like, I'm not that. I didn't think we're that great. In other parts, I was like, why did this have to happen? 
I'm split on the episode. I don't know which way to feel about it. And I think as I go through it, um, we'll kind of find out why. And I'll let you all make your judgment calls on it. And you can go watch it and get the exact details. And, you know, if, if you've been watching the show as we go along through this, that's amazing. Because then you kind of... You you know who you like in the episode, in the show and who you don't like. So if something happened to a certain character, then you'll see how, like, if you like it or if you don't. But this is, this is definitely one of those iffy episodes for me because I can get behind it, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to. All right, let's get this going. There's a man named Ian Duncan Sheathing. He gets a call and he says, Greg Lang. Finally. Then we have Bobby talking to bags of crisps. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Pickled onion, here we go. Oh, what's this noise? Pick me, Bobby, I'm smoky bacon. And we find out that um, Jack, Victor, Tom, Winston, and Eric are sitting in the booth at the pub and the local undertaker has passed away now later in the episode we hear funeral director my mind goes to mortician but i'm still going to use the word undertaker but no it's but you should know that it is somebody who oversees funeral services and things of that nature Bobby asks the guys to leave. You know, it's time for you to go. Do your walking while you're talking. Or in your case, do your mumbling while you're stumbling. And he decides he's going to give them a final round. At the shop, Mina is asking Naveed to help clean something. But he says he's with a customer. He's really just with a bowl of instant noodles. Like a, one of those styrofoam cup noodles. Isaac comes in talking about how it's weird when an undertaker passes. And Navid says, oh yes, with no undertaker, no one can die. It'll be the town of the walking dead. People, you know, everyone walking around. Please bury me. He looks at her and says, when the baker dies is there no bread when the butcher dies is there no chops the world is going to keep turning we go back to the pub and Bobby says wait a minute head count where's Winston and he's he's behind the bar trying to steal a bottle Bobby catches him takes the bottle he says alright out the road 
and they're in. Jack says, oh, come on, Harry Belafonte. I'm the word wheel king around here. Victor says he's the wagon wheel king. So they decide to talk about the most famous people they met. Jack and Victor said they met Charlton Heston when he was going to uh, some kind of restaurant for something. And Winston said that was Chef, uh, that was Chef Heston something or other. Oh yeah, that's who it was. And then Tom says he met Mary Berry. And... Bobby says he met Peter Powers, who was a hypnotist. Winston said he met One Direction and then yelled at him, calling them basically talentless hacks and telling them to get the hell out of wherever they were. I think they were in a store. was his story. And they ask Eric, you know, okay, so who have you met? He says, Gina Lola Brigida. Now, I will admit this. I did not look up Mary Berry, Peter Powers, or Chef Heston, whatever his name is. So, I don't know if they're real or not. I really don't. I doubt Winston really met One Direction. But Gina Lola Brigida was a real actress. So... Eric tells them the story about how he met Gina Lala, Gina Lala Brigida. And then in the next scene, we see Jack and Victor walking home. And they see Sheathing standing there. They're like, what the hell? Like, this guy, this, this guy he's, he's tall, skinny, wears a hat. And he's just standing there by some trees. That's really creepy. The next day, Isa sees Sheathing has opened up shop in Greg Lang. And she goes to Navid's and she is scared to death of Sheathing. And she is scared because of all these horror stories that she has heard about him. That basically he's death incarnate. So she's telling Navid these stories, and then we cut to her in the pub telling everybody about him when he comes in and introduces himself to everyone. I'm Ian, I am Ian Sheathing, I'm the new funeral director, here's my business card for, well, you know why. And what she was telling everybody was if he places a hand on you, you die within a week. And he turns around and sees Eric's playing the fruit machine. They all, they call it the puggy. And he places a hand on Eric's arm and leaves. He says, you know, I hope that pays out for you real soon. And Heise is going on and Bobby says, okay, we're changing the subject. Eric, tell them your story. Eric and we see Eric is dead 
He's laying on the puggy, his eyes open. And one of these supporting characters is dead. And when I say supporting, I don't mean like Harry or uh, Pete the Jakey, who Harry was in like three episodes, two episodes or three episodes, something like that. Pete the Jakey was in a few more. Eric was more frequent than that as a supporting character. So, I guess this would be like the first major death out of the Craigline gang. Um, now, when Pete the Jakey and Harry were killed off in this series, that's because the actors had passed away. I had looked this up right before recording. The actor who played Eric, from what I can see, is still alive. Um, I think he was just kind of tired with the role and just wanted to get away from it. But I think... Like, we've seen deaths in this show. Just different kinds of deaths. Um, but I think this is the first, like, I'll say major death. Jack and Victor are at one of their apartments. I'm, I'm not sure. I think it was Jack, or I think it was Victor's. They share a drink, and they talk about, you know, how many times the heart beats, and when you run out, you run out, that's just it, you know, and then Victor has made smooth, a, a big smooth, and he pours into two glasses for them. It's kale, spinach, cucumber, and a raw egg. He called it the insurance. They tried it, and then spit it all over each other. Shug and Winston talk about Eric and his story, and when and uh, Shug says, "Well, give me a few days. I'll make some calls, and we'll find out if this is real or not." Everyone's at the pub, and everyone's being quiet. Nobody wants to say anything. Nobody wants to like. There's somebody playing pool in the background. Everyone just kind of wants to be left alone. And Bobby's trying to get Victor to play the fruit machine. Yes, Tom, hey, you want to play the puggy? You love the puggy. Nobody wants to do it. And he turns around, uh, Bobby turns around. And there's flowers and a picture set up at the puggy. Like, like with the very recent passing of Queen Elizabeth II and probably Princess Diana way back in, I think that was 97. Uh, you know, people, they go up and they, they, they place flowers and things of that nature. Well, people in the pub have done that at the fruit machine. And Bobby is like, no, th this is not a grave. This is a this is a bar. 
and Isa says it's not Bobby's fault. It, you know, it's that, it's that Undertaker's fault. It's that sheathing, and Mick grabs a bell and starts ringing it, and everyone quiets down. He says, he says that Isa's fears. I forget the wording. Um, but he he says that there's a good chance that they're legitimate. And he says that different cultures have different icons of death, such as the Valkyries and Thanatos and the Grim Reaper. He says this is a town full of pensioners in their twilight years, so it's you're yeah, it's probably normal to be afraid of what's happening. And Sheathing comes in. Everyone gets quiet. He goes up to the fruit machine, puts a coin in it, hits a button, it starts flashing, and then it dies. And then the camera goes up on his face. Like it cuts, and it's like right there on him. He says, your fruit machine's dead. And then we see... The rest of the pub, everyone's gone except for Bobby. Well, that night, I was spreading word about Sheathing to some guy. When Sheathing appears, he wants to speak with Isa. And this guy's sitting, you know, this guy's being big, bad, tough. And, you know, you know all. I ain't gonna take no shit off nobody. And, you see, and then he sees Sheathing. Take her, she's got high blood pressure. Well, she takes off, and he follows her, and she runs into Bobby, and Bobby's trying to get her to calm down, and he sees she then goes, okay, I've got to put a stop to this. She then can't even say what he wants to do. You know, they keep running away from him, and Bobby goes up to him, and grabs his hand, grabs Sheathing's hand, pats him... Pat, okay, Bobby takes Sheathing's hand, pats his head, and then rubs his face, and he goes, oh, fuck, and falls over. So, because of that, Isa has now taken off again. And she gets up to her floor with her, Victor, and Jack, and she's telling Victor what happened. Uh... Bobby rubbed him, rubbed his hand on him, and and then 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 he went down, and all this, and he collapsed, and Bobby's dead, and Victor says, "Wait." He he rubbed, Bobby rubbed him, and then went down on him. No, Bobby collapsed. Bobby's dead. And there was this like quick little scene. Jack is doing his little word wheel with ID sheathing. And he comes out and he keeps yelling, Death is nigh. And then uh, Isaac talks, Death is nigh. What are you talking about? Death is nigh. ID sheathing. Basically, if I understand how this works, is you put the letters down, so he puts down ID sheathing, and then you make an anagram out of that, and he came up with, death is nigh. 
she then gets off the elevator and all their apartment doors shut. Knocks on the door for Isa, no answer. Goes to Victor. Jack calls him and says, he's at your door. And then when she thinks starts knocking, he says, uh, I can't come to the door. I'm tending to my cat. It's got a sore paw. Jackson, he doesn't have any animals to tend to. So he goes to Jack's and he knocks on the door. He says, can you let me in? He goes, why? So you can rub me and touch me and kill me and all that? No, piss off. And then Isa opens the door and invites Sheathing in. And Jack and Victor are like, no, don't do it, don't do it. Victor says, you've got a couple of years left in you. So Jack and Victor, they go over to Isa's. Jack's got two wooden spoons like a cross. And Victor's got garlic paste. Isa opens the door and lets them in. Tells them it's fine. You know, they go and say hello. And they just stand there. She walks over by him. Say hello. Hello. And then she explains that Bobby called. Bobby's not dead. This guy's not death. Said he looks creepy. But he's not death. And we we find out that Bobby had fainted, bumped his head, and she thinks is just trying to find out information about Eric for his eulogy. And whenever he asks anybody, they take off running. And he's getting desperate. So they start telling him about Eric. And in the next scene, uh, Sheathing is delivering the eulogy. And Shug leans up and tells Winston that Eric's story was false. That yes, the actress Gina Lola Brigido was where Eric said he met her. But his ship came in three weeks later after she left. And then Sheathing reads a letter Eric had in his pocket. Apparently, he kept this letter in his pocket for years. Or maybe it was recently written and he got it and kept it. I don't, I don't know. Because it was on a pretty fresh looking piece of paper. And as she then reads the letter, Winston hears a woman behind him and he turns around there's this red-headed woman and she's crying and at the end of the letter everybody else claps so Winston sees this woman outside after the service and stops her and talks to her and she he says did you know Eric she goes did I know him that was my letter he says what's your name Gina and then he's starting to put something together. And she says that Eric had a name for her. And, oh, she had a shop. And he, I think it was a name for the shop. And it was Gina's Lolly's Fourth Road Brigida. And then Jack and Victor come up. Oh, man, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's such a hero. Uh, who, who's this, Winston? And he says... 
this is Agnes. And it and on my rewatch when I was typing my notes, I noticed she tilted her sunglasses down and he looks at her and just nods his head slightly. And then she just stands there and smiles and says, hello. And then we have credits. We come back and Cheating is pouring a drink. And as he's pouring a drink, you hear a wind, like a wind blowing sound effect. And his cross is on his walls upright. And then it flips upside down. Now, okay, so when he introduced the woman as Agnes and kind of gave her the nod, like, that was one of those roll with it and let these guys think, you know, Eric is this hero and he was called a stallion in the letter. You know, there's no sense in making a big deal about, you know, semantics. And I thought that was a nice little send-off. Like, yeah... It was true, in a sense, but everyone else thought of it differently. But we're not going to go into all those details. We'll let everybody believe what they want to believe. And I did like that. I didn't like that Eric had that. I don't know if I would say had to die, but I don't like that Eric died. What I what I do appreciate is they did not make him suffer. They didn't give him sickness. They didn't make him go through pain. It was just instant. He was done. Boom. You know, they didn't drag anything out or nothing. Okay, so now here's my... Here's another question um, about part of the episode. How in the fuck did she know what floor they were on? Or, well, I think I'm answering my own question in my head. Because if he followed Isa, he probably would have known what building to go into. And then he would have seen, depending on how the elevator is set up, he could have seen what floor she was on. But you don't know if anybody else used the elevator. So are we to assume she went straight to her floor, he comes in, gets the elevator, sees what floor it stopped at, goes up there, and then magically it's like, oh yeah, I know exactly where I'm at. And through the um, through the course of the episode, behind the behind the scenes, he has gotten other people's names. Uh, he knows Isa's, Isa's surname, her last name. When Victor says Jackson, he automatically knows Jack's the other guy on the floor. Like, some of that information was just kind of like, wait a minute. How is, how is all of that being put together? How does he know all of this? And yes, I understand. Sometimes you got to think a little bit. But I mean, come on. He's learned all their names. He knows where they live. He he knows what floors they're on. 
come on, there, there's, there's an extent. I mean, you can believe it to an extent. This one is called Balls Up. Bobby's walking and he looks like he's out of breath. And Mick sees him. They start talking because Bobby's got an athletic bag and Mick's like, I've never seen you with one of those. I thought you're Routine was, you know, oh, here's a pint, here's some crisps, here's... Well, we find out Bobby is in a walking football group. Basically soccer without all of the running and, like, overexertion. And Bobby tells Mick of a position. He goes, spot on the team. He says, no. Your urine test would get us all disqualified. And he tells him it's a position that pays 30 quid a day for two days. And Mick's over there, and he's deep in thought. And Bobby says, what, trying to figure out if you can fit it into your schedule? No. Trying to figure out what 30 quid for two days comes out to. I'm good with words, not numbers. Goes, it's 60 quid. We see that Isa's behind the bar when Jack and Victor come in, and we have Isa's banter. Oh, look who it is, the Chuckle Brothers. To me, to you, two pints, pray. And Jack stops and he says, okay, this, this doesn't feel right. She goes, what? And Victor says, you know, when we come in, we usually say two pints, brick. She goes, oh, give it, with, give it to me with both barrels. I can take it. And so Jack says, okay, two, point, two pints, you gas bag fanny bastard. Isaac gets upset and goes into the back room. And there, you know, Jack, Victor's like, look what you did. And he says, she gave me the green light. She gave me the go-ahead. So they're trying to get her out of there. Isa, he didn't mean it. Come on out. You know, there's... He said, and then he says, Isa, you'll never believe what she told me out there. And she goes, what? Who told you what? I told you what where? And he comes out there and he says, two pints, prick. So she, she gives them a smile and says, you bastards, and gives them the pints. Uh, we see that she is in the pub. Everyone's still being cautious of him. Uh, we find out somebody else had passed. Apparently, this person had went to get a can of food out, and there's a hole in it. Ate it, and got, developed food poisoning. And then she thinks says, defecated himself to death. Then the phone rings. And I was asked if she thinks he can get it since he's closest, and he, he answers it. 
and sheathing funeral funeral director having a libation at the Klansman. Like he's being like excessively formal. He hangs up the phone. He announces to everybody that Bobby had a heart attack. So they're at so Winston, Tom, Jack, and Victor are at the hospital with Bobby. And they're asking him, you know, what happened. He says, oh, well, I went to my walking football group and we're warming up and then had this pain in my chest and then I'm in a hospital. And we have a flashback. Third one in these three episodes. Um, So coach comes out and he's like, okay, let's start our warm-ups. Bobby, like, turns and rotates his shoulder a little bit, then he grabs his chest and falls over. And he's going back and forth with the nurse. So they put a stint in my heart, and he goes, no, stents, plural. And he goes, what, plural like two? She goes, no, plural like 18. She said something else, I forget exactly what, and he says, he says, um, what can I do? And she says, can't go through a metal detector. You're a robo-bobby now. And Winston mocks him. Mick goes in for the interview. And she says, what do you know of the position? And he says, there's a position in existence. How'd you find out about it? Oh, Bobby the barman. And he, like, strings all these words together. And then, uh... She looks at him, and I don't know how they did this scene. She has a serious face, and she says, Can you do a dog? He's like, what is this, a porno? Oh, that was something else. I'll I'll save it for later. Um, But no, he's like, what is this, a porno? And then she explains that the job is to be a mascot and you wear a dog mascot suit. So when she says, well, can you act like a dog? He acts like a dog taking a dump, taking a pee. He goes behind the chair and he's like, you're another dog. I'm going to sniff your balls. Oh, damn, some nice balls. I was like, what the fuck am I watching? She doesn't want Mick. So she says, send the next person in. He opens the door. There's nobody else out there. You're stuck with me. Jack and Victor are walking, and they're eating beefy bakes. And they see Bobby, and he's got a salad. He goes, I'm eating this, what do they call it? Salad? I have to eat all healthy and count my calories and, you know, all this. Give me a beefy bake. No, 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 no. And he's like, I've never seen cherries without the stem. And Jack says, that's because that's a tomato. That's honestly all I wrote about that scene. They, they go on talking. Uh... There's a tournament coming up. 
for the walking football teams and the winner gets a new pitch or a new green, you know, a new field, new equipment. Uh, they're at the pub. There's a bot. I, I, I literally wrote in my notes, Bobby's banter not worth mentioning. He says, look who it is. Gives him two soccer player names. And then they go on from there. And, like, there was no two pints prick. There was... No, somebody did say two pints prick. But, like, it just was not funny at all. Uh, Jack and Victor decide they're going to set up a walking football team. Jack, Victor, Tom, Winston, and Bobby are walking, and they agree on the name Craig Lang Old Team. Bobby wanted to call them the Klansmen. As Jack pointed out, why is he going to wear white sheets, cut out dry holes? And then... Jack said, how about Jack Chester United? Victor said, we'll be the Victories. Tom wanted to be the Tom something Rovers. And Winston said, are we just naming our names now? No, we'll be Craigling Old Team. Bobby says, I have a name. What, Stroke City? Heart Attack Team? No. He didn't say Heart Attack Team. I forget what it was, so I, threw, so I made that one up. And Winston says, no, 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 no. We are Craig Lang Old Team. And they go to a bar. And they're looking for a friendly game. They're new to it. They want to just kind of feel it out. You know, kind of learn more about it. And obviously there's trash talk. They stay for a drink. They agree on a time. The next day, they overslept, so Victor pounding on the door and he wakes Jack up. You got any paracetamol? You got any iron brute? You got, you know, you have all this stuff. And he goes, I'm not a convenience store. I've got this. I don't even remember what it was. He says, that's all I got. He says, okay, I'll take it. I'm desperate. He, and so Victor opens the pack and dumps it all in his mouth. And it looks it's not a Kool-Aid packet, but it looks like a Kool-Aid packet. You know, it's a packet. You open it, and it's got powder in it. And Jack comes back with a glass of water and goes, This is for your... Oh, never mind. Uh, we get both teams sh showing up. And Craigling loses 11-0. to I actually missed out. I actually cut out the whole part where they got the team together. Jack, Victor, Tom's in it for the free pies at halftime. Isa, let's see, Victor kicked a ball, and Isa caught it like a goalie. And I forget how they get Winston in. Um, But after that, they were kind of bummed about the whole idea about being a f walking football team. Um, We see Mick... He's in his suit, his you know his mascot outfit, and he's given the rules, which is basically no favoritism. That that was like the biggest thing I got out of it was don't show favoritism. You have friends here, 
you cannot play favorites. You have to be neutral. Jack and Victor watch kids playing football, and they have a flat ball and a destroyed net. And it kind of reinvigorates them. Just kind of, this is why we're doing this. We want to make things better for them. The whole team meets in the Klansmen, and they go over their their playbook, and they decide to make Isa the coach instead of Bobby. And in the next scene, Jack, Victor, Tom, and Winston all climb stairs, while Isa is at the top, timing them. And I was going to put Rocky montage, but it's not a montage. It steps, levels out, steps, levels out, steps, levels out. So you see them going up the steps, and then when they're walking on the flat part, and then more steps, flat part, more steps. Then they get to the top, and when they get to the top, Winston pukes everywhere. And now is the day of the tournament. And I did not write down the other team's names. Except I wrote down the city they face off in the finals with. Spoiler alert. Um, Craig Lang wins the quarterfinal match. Um, Everyone's against Craig Lang in this episode. Um, The quarterfinal team, one guy kicked the ball over somebody else and, Ole! Kicks it back. Ole! He kicks it. Ole! And he kicks it right into Victor's chest. Boo! I'm like, what? Wait, why are you... What? That doesn't make any sense. And then... Uh, somebody kicks the ball. It's, okay, it's announced there's 30 seconds left. Someone kicks the ball. Jack headbutts it down to Winston, who helps it get it, who helps get it in the goal. Craig Lang wins the quarterfinal match. And before each match, is there's a little like locker room scene. It's like, hey, if we have to, we will play dirty. You know, it, if we have to, we will. Because we gotta win this for the wins. And Tong says. And for the free pies. So after the quarterfinal match, everyone's leaving the field. And everyone knows it's making the mascot suit. And they know it is because of the teeth on the dog. They look like the teeth he got from the dentist. Uh, the semifinals come up. and Craig Lang is playing dirty. Ooh, I forgot the locker room scene. Um, Victor's sitting there, and he goes, Oh, I need my leg rubbed. I forget what he calls Bobby. Bobby goes over there and starts rubbing his leg a little bit. And and then Jack's like, Hey, Tom, watch this. Water boy. And Bobby gets him some water and goes, Squirt it in my mouth as I'm listening to the coach. So he holds the bottle to Jack's mouth, squirts water in, then hands him the bottle. 
And then Winston says, give me an orange. So he goes get an orange. He goes, will you pull the seeds out? And he goes, I'll pull your seeds out. And I was just like, okay, can we move on? So they get to the semifinal match. They play dirty. They win. Like, Winston pulled a guy's glasses off and stomped on him. Tom acted like he tripped and pulled somebody else's pants down. He was there. Tom was standing there, and it looked like he was playing with himself. Ref comes up, blowing the whistle, and goes, What are you doing? we got kids here. He goes, I'm not playing with myself. I'm pushing my hernia back in. So now it's the finals. And I forget this locker room scene. Uh, basically, we're taking on Park Mill, and we win. We win this game. We win the tournament. You know, don't forget. You know, we're doing this for the weigh-ins and blah blah blah. The inspirational speech to win the to win the finals and take home the trophy and all that stuff from like sports movies. As they're heading out of the locker room, the team sees a man, and he looks really mean. He's got like three X's on his forehead, they're small X's, and he does that motion where he takes his thumb across his throat, and we come to find out that is their enforcer, Crusher Tate. So the game starts, Jack and Victor kick the ball over towards Crusher Tate and the other guy, and then they start walking they're following Jack and Victor their enforcer hits Tom in the nose like he elbows him in the nose punches Victor in the gut or the nuts I couldn't tell which he flat out hit Jack right in the face I'm like okay come on yes I know we just saw Craigling playing dirty but he literally just punched someone in the face without even like a second thought, didn't even like look for the ref. And Park Mill goes up three to zero, then it's halftime. The team's got nothing. When they had saw Crusher Tate, they said, We need someone who does not take shit off anybody. And if you can't tell, I've got a huge smile on my face right now. So, at halftime, where is he? He's on his way. They're back out on the field, and Isaac says, There he is! So Tom yells, Referee! Substitution! Okay. Here comes Naveed. Because Naveed don't take shit off nobody. So they get the game going. Which which one is it? And they'll point to him. Okay, so what we need to do is Nafee just takes off at like a jog, jogging kind of pace. And then he does a drop kick to the guy's leg and breaks it. Breaks the shin bone. 
he gets a red card and he's evicted from the game. Yeah, whatever. So, Craig Lang starts making a comeback. Tom gets a goal. Victor gets a goal. Jack gets a goal. And I think Winston got the other one. They come back to win it 4-3. to three. Now, during this tournament, there were multiple instances of everybody booing Craig Lang and talking crap about him. And Mick was defending him. Stop booing at him. Let's let's go, Craig Lang. And the lady that hired him, no, you you cannot cheer for them. You have to stay neutral. You you cannot show favoritism. And then one guy was talking crap. He kicked him in the balls. Mick kicked him. Mick kicked the guy in the balls. No favoritism. You've been told this is your last warning. Then another guy, I think he was on the, on the Park Mill team, he's walking by and Mick trips him. I'm like, you just saw Jack get punched in the face. Victor get hit. Tom get hit. So he trips a guy. And somebody says, that's it, you're not getting your 60 quid. And he says, take your 60 quid and shove it up your arse. And so Mick lost his pay, stood up for his... You know, stood up for his friends. And then he dry humps the ref. And a picture of him dry humping the ref and Jack and Victor trying to pull him off uh, makes the paper. We have some credits. Jack and Victor are watching kids play football on their new green with a new soccer ball, with new nets. We find out they were banned for life from the Walking Football League. And the boys say, hey, can we get your autograph? And Jack and Victor's like, yeah, sure. He goes, no, not, not you guys. The shagging dog from the papers. They all run over to Mick, and he's like, hey, no, nay danger. And he goes to do the autographs. And we come to find out from Jack and Victor, he's wore the suit for a week. And that's the end of Balls Up. Now, a couple of things here. Um, we saw Mick going for an interview in, I think it was the first half of season seven, and he got a job. I don't think they ever mentioned how he lost his job, because all of a sudden he doesn't have a job anymore. One episode he has it, next episode, boom, gone. And that's just something that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, yes, I know you can lose a job for any reason, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we need him to be homeless, so he's always homeless and he can never hold a job. Like, that's not right. Um, That's, that's just my take on that. The other thing that came to my mind was... When Mick said, or when she asked Mick, can you do a dog? And he says, what is this, a porno? In fly fishing, when Tom's being all hysterical, he's starting to walk away from Jack and Victor, and he goes, what even is pulled pork? That sounds like a porno movie. 
like, I don't know what it is about that line, but I laughed at it, like, pretty hard. But, I mean, I enjoyed these episodes for different reasons. I wasn't a big fan of Eric dying, but I'm glad that they did it in a dignified way. That's going to wrap it up. Like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm thinking about a holiday time frame podcast and uh, what I want to do if I can find someone to do the to record with. Um, uh, I'm hoping I can put one out this year. And I like to do it as a surprise, but this is kind of a heads up that, yes, I've done it for the last few years, but this year's kind of up in the air right now. Um, I guess that's all there is. So remember, you can find the podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And remember, I'll be covering the episodes South Africa, Pi, and The Fall Guy to finish up Season 8 on the next episodes of television. Mm-hmm.